Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. My name is Robert Brining, joined by Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you making out today, man? Well, I'm doing great, actually. I'm, I, I, I just want to share with everybody that I went and saw a chorus line tonight. Can I just how tell you that? Oh, my God, it's my favorite show. It, it, and it, it's just one of my, my all-time favorite shows of any, any show that's out there. And Paul is my favorite, favorite character, and I just bawled tonight. I just bawled. This afternoon, it was just, and and I I know that there was this guy on my right, kind of looking at me, going, "What kind of a weirdo are you?" <laughs> just, just sitting there with just tears streaming down my face. It's just just a great, great, great show. But you know, besides the fa- besides that, I have been, you know, it's been a great week. It's it's just been a good week overall. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm you know? really excited. Are you um, excited you know, about tonight? I'm excited about tonight to have the doctor on because there's a lot of questions that I myself have, you know what I mean, and I'm sure a lot of other people can have, and um, once we get, uh, you know, the doctor on, you guys can all call in. (laughs) There are going to be no diagnosis over the phone. Right. But you can definitely call in and ask questions, um, (laughs) you know, because he is also um, the author of a book that just came out, I believe, in January of this year called, um, shoot, I had it in front of me, The Tongue Twister, and I swore I wasn't going to do this. It is the advocate. Where is it at, Jeremy? It was right in front of me. Here it is: the Advocate's Guide to Gay Men's Health and Wellness. Uh, <laughs> Drive me up a wall. Actually, it was published. It says in 2008. So he um, had that come out, and he's actually a, a, a big Kahuna doctor. He's been all over. Um, you know, if you've seen him on YouTube, he's been all over the news. And you know, he's one of those people who are really dedicated to, you know, his practice. And you can see that in the videos that you watch uh, of him. Did you see any of the interviews? I did. Yes. I, 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 because, you know, I, I'm a Dr. Spinelli fan, and because I, I've caught a couple of his columns in The Advocate yeah. and, um, and in Instinct Magazine. And I saw him on Frontiers, on the cover of Frontiers, and I just kind of peeked into that, that, um, that, that uh, I, I almost said episode. <laughs> 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 that volume. That, 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 whatever you want to call it. I can't even speak tonight. Right. But, um, it's a radio show and I can't speak. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> that, that is horrible. That's absolutely terrible. But he is, um, um, he's also the formal clinical director of HIV services, um, which was in New York City at the Cabrini Medical Center, which is no longer around. But, um, you know, so he's an HIV specialist, so he has a lot of uh, knowledge to bring to us, and a lot of knowledge was put into his book. Um, from what I read on the reviews and stuff like that, I mean, it's important to have, you know, the health of, of gay men. I think it's very, very important for a doctor to be so dedicated to his clients because you could tell that he is or his patients. Well, it, um, and you know that because HIV and AIDS aside, I think HIV, 
HIV. I, I think that gay men have, you know, very specific health requirements. And, and I, I'm really looking forward to asking him some questions um, be, because, you know, unlike most straight men, I would say that gay men do things that most straight men don't. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, and I think we, I think we as gay men have a very specific health needs and requirements that I, I, that he really focuses on. And he understands um, not just being gay, but, but, our health, you know, and I'm going to repeat it, health needs and requirements, you know, are what, what we need, you know, to stay healthy and, and, and that kind of thing. Right. Well, his website, is, his website is www.frankspinellimd.com, and I have him on the line here, so I'm going to bring him on. Dr. Frank Spinelli, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Excellent. Good. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to sit down and talk to us. <laughs> no, no problem. It's uh, actually it was a beautiful weekend. I'm just settling in, so it's going to be an interesting night. <laughs> I hope. Okay, sorry. I had to get the Betty Davis thing out of the way. You know? Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. I think that was for my 30th birthday. That was my invitation. It was uh, really? All About Eve. All About Eve? <laughs> well, it was All About Frank. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see the play with the musical with Lauren Bacall? Actually, I they no, I didn't see that, but they did a re. I think um, Encore did a revisit of that with Mario Cantone and Christine Embersall, and I saw that, and it wasn't uh, very. I mean, yeah, it was great no. just to see it, but you know. Yeah, go onto YouTube and look for Lauren Bacall. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and. Oh, it's, it, she sounds like a frog singing, you know. Well, she sounds like a frog. It's not very nice, you know. Well, All About Eve is not supposed to be, it's about the words. I mean, that dialogue is what makes that movie so great. Nobody yeah. needs to sing in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to look it up. Anyway, I digress, and I took okay. it really off far, way, way far off the the, um, the chosen path. Well, you're tonight. setting the tone. I am, boy. She always does. <laughs> Yeah, watch out. Here I come. <laughs> um, well, first of all, um, do you like us to call you Dr. Frank or Dr. Um, yeah, sure. You can call me Dr. Frank, whatever. It's all right. Hey, you. <laughs> you. Hey, mister. Hey, yeah, you. <laughs> you with the book. Um, but that, thank you for your dedication to, to, to HIV, you know, and, and to, to gay men. I think it's very important that there are doctors like you that are, you know, fully dedicated to helping gay men because a lot of times we feel very uncomfortable going to a, a, a straight doctor, a male, you know, yeah. and talking to them about our sexual, you know, experiences and what we're we're going through. So thank you so oh much. Oh, my God. I mean, it, how embarrassing would that be? Right? To, I could just imagine it would just I, – I, it's sometimes doctors forget, but I always take myself as an example and I think, wow, it's just like, you know, being in high school all over again, and here you are in a doctor's office, and he's like, are you married? Do you have children? And you're like, uh, I'm gay. And even the, I, what, what really was the impetus for the book, primarily, and, and HIV opened that door, was that we didn't have the proper dialogue to just address people in a way that wasn't so direct and condescending if you didn't get the right answer. 
you know, instead of saying, are you married, are you straight, or it would just be, oh, do you enjoy having sex with men, or do you enjoy having sex with women, or both? You know, just leaving it open-ended and non-judgmental. And that's I what I think is missing. Yeah, I would still giggle. Of course, but, you would, but you know what? It would be a funny giggle, and then the doctor would then go forth from there. I mean, when he right. says, so are you married? And you go, no. And then you go, are you gay? And then you feel like you're in an interrogation room, you know? So you want to turn it around a little bit so it's right. inviting and opening a discussion to let the patient then tell you something about themselves. It's a very intimate relationship that you have between a patient and a doctor. I think it's one of the most important ones, uh, and it's particularly among the uh, HIV community. One of the important things that you talk about the patient and doctor relationship is having is being open and honest about everything that goes on in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I, I say that because you know because you know why. Somebody said to me, um, I was at a party once, and some girl said, "I like gay guys. I, it's just that you know whatever goes on in your bedroom, that's your business." And I thought, you know what? It's not about what goes on in my bedroom. It's about what goes on in my whole life. It, being gay doesn't get defined as a sex act. It gets defined as, a, as who you are. So I then wanted to turn the tables on that and say, yes, then when you go to the doctor, I want to know everything there is to know about your sex life and what's going on with you as a person because I think at the core for every patient that comes in the door for a full physical or meeting them, you have to get to know them in every facet of their lives. And when you are in primary care, and other doctors can tell you, you really grow with your patients and you get to know more about them, sometimes more than my own family. So, you know, it becomes very, uh, yeah, I probably see my patients more than I see my own relatives. (laughs) (laughs) Or want to. Exactly, exactly where I'd want to. Hear. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so tell us a little bit about the book. About is it is it is it a how-to or is it more? Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a great. That would be a great idea. I actually, when I was young, I went to my. We were taken to my godmother's house and. Her son was, like, really cool. It was probably, like, the 70s, and he had all these books, and he was probably a big pothead or whatever. I don't remember. And I just remember he had a bookcase, and in his bookcase was everything you wanted to know about sex, but was afraid to ask. So I took the book, and I have to admit I stole it. And I read it, and I was just – it was like – it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, my God, the language you were dealing with. I was hearing – reading stuff that I had never heard about that I would, wanted to know about and I was intrigued and there was the word gay and and penis and, and I'm hearing all these, I'm reading all these things and I'm being fascinated by it and I thought, wow, wouldn't there be a really good way to kind of translate this for gay men because in gay world, as I call it, you know, when you grow up, you're supposed to be straight. Let's face it, I mean, you grow up with, you know, with normal parents and your healthy heterosexual life, and then all of a sudden you have to change over into gay life, and then all of a sudden you go through this gay adolescence, and then all of a sudden no one tells you what to do. And I found that a lot of men struggle with that, and where do you go to learn about sex? And you have to watch porno, or you have to just figure it out on your own. And I thought, well, let's do it in a safe way, where a doctor is sort of giving you the information and you can then apply it into your own life. So it really 
it's it's not a how-to book. I don't want to open up and think it is how-to, but there is a lot of instruction in it because I think it's important because you don't get those instructions. You certainly didn't get that talk from your father, so you know I thought that would have to have come from someplace. And so, this came out when? Did, when was it published? Uh, 2008, January. January, okay. Sure. And and so the book, and and I've read a, a few pages and have seen it. It, it. it allows gay men to kind of, well, not kind of, but it allows us gay men, I should say, to be able to ask questions in a safe environment, sometimes mm-hmm. in your own in in your own home. Right. If if you can't get out, so if you can't get to a doctor, and, and especially if your doctor isn't knowledgeable about gay men's health issues, I think it's. I think it offers you um, ideas on what to bring up to your doctor. I I think of what it would be like for me to be a patient to walk into a room, and then what would I want to know from this man that's going to take care of me? What do I want to get out of it? You know, turn the tables on it. So obviously I, I try to offer up tips and suggestions of how to, how to then talk to your doctor. You know, what should you get out of an exam? What should I be thinking about at certain ages? And so I initially wrote the book in, with the intention of being for men 40 and older, but, you know, obviously there's information in there for anybody of any age, you know, of mature uh, gay men, but it's, it's definitely... There's something in it for everybody, but the idea was to just expand on this idea that we shouldn't feel shame or embarrassed to be healthy and to want to know more about something that is, you know, not a choice. I I, I grew up Catholic, so I have a lot of this like Catholic guilt, and I hear a lot of my um, talk. <laughs> yeah, you know what it's like. Yep, you, know, you feel I like, know. oh, I, I made. You know, how many times have you heard you made this choice? You know, you didn't make yeah. this choice. This is your life, and this is the way it is. And then, how do you go forth from that? Right. I think the choice uh, is the coming out. Right. That's exactly. that's the real choice. It's not well, choosing that's gay. It, exactly. So it's not being gay. It's it's choosing to actually accept it and, and acknowledge it and acknowledge live it. it. Exactly. 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 I'm with you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, you guys. You know, you guys. I mean, I don't know you personally, but we are in a minority among gay men because we not only are gay in our lives when we're out, but we also are out at work because you have a gay radio show and I'm a gay doctor. The people that are gay and they're out, but then when they go to work, they're sort of like, mm, I'm really asked so I don't say anything, right. and they're kind of closeted at work. Yeah. And that's a different life, and you you have to. I feel, and that's what I was hoping the book would do. It would reach out to those men that have to sort of wear that veil, even at the dinner party or at the work function or somewhere where they just they because being gay as a minority is very unassuming. It's not like it's not a race. It's not where you can tell someone is African American or you know Chinese. We we are under the under the radar, but. I feel for people that say, oh, I couldn't tell my boss that, or I couldn't tell my, you know, son's, uh, you know, PTA meeting that, I, that he has two dads. You know, that's, that's, that's really heart-wrenching. It, yeah. it, it really is. You're absolutely right. Um, so taking the book and applying that to gay men and HIV specifically, Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, the evolution of, of, of the whole gay thing that's been exploding now on in the media really has evolved around being HIV positive. And one of the things I wanted to differentiate was that, you know, HIV didn't equal gay, you know, necessarily. That HIV happens to be a disease that affects primarily gay men in this country, and first and foremost. But it it doesn't define you, and uh, you know it, sometimes we can become you know confused by that, and it just becomes a label, and that's where the stigma enters, and and that that's uh, a big problem for us now, especially in in my practice. There are many different varieties of patients that are positive, but the ones that I'm more concerned with, are, particularly now we see the statistics in D.C., in Chicago, African-American men, and the, the stigma of being HIV positive as being gay and what that does to someone. So, and I have a um, real quick, Jeremy, I have um, a caller here online. Oh, I want to bring you oh, already. Wow. <laughs> wow, callers. Caller 301, what's, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Speaking of black gay men who have HIV, this is Justin from Justin's HIV Journal. Oh, hey, hi. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Um, I have a question for the doctor, Dr. Spinelli. Is, um, yes. I have a question. Okay, so I actually went to my doctor and actually... Um, Actually, I had an interview with thebody.com, and I actually have been kind of scared of the big L um, <laughs> lipo. Is it, uh, gosh, lipoatrophy? Yes. When your face, I guess, starts to waste. Well, what's the question? I'll tell you all, everything about that as well. Well, I mean, the medication that I'm on, do I really have to worry about that? I mean, uh, um, my doctor, my past doctor said that you're young and the possibility of you getting it is kind of low, but the thing is, uh, just looking at the drugs that I'm on, I'm not even sure if that's going to even be a factor for me. The drugs that I'm on are Reitez, Travada, and Norbeer. Well, the big issue, I would think, for any man, gay man, comes in my office, the first thing he's worried about is, don't make me look, I don't want to look like I have HIV. I, right. I hear that. That is number one. And when, you know, when drug companies talk to me and they say, oh, well, is it side effects? Is it pills? It's like, no. It's they don't want to look like they have HIV. And I don't know, you guys are probably very young, but when I was first um, coming out, you would walk around San Francisco and New York, and there were, these drugs did a lot of damage to men's faces and bodies. And it was right. really frightening. And lipodystrophy syndrome is um, a syndrome that works on a metabolic level that affects fat. And with HIV and the medication, it can cause lipoatrophy, which means the fat goes away, especially in the cheeks and in the legs and in the arms. And then the, there's this appearance of looking very veiny, also in the buttocks where you know, you actually you lose your behind, and then in the cheeks especially, right. you start losing the cheekbones. And then there's lipodystrophy uh, where they have abnormal accumulations where they can have it on the shoulders and the hump, and they was calling it the buffalo hump, and around the midsection, and where they were getting these protruding abdomens. And they were finding that a lot of this was due to the older drugs that we were using. And it was unfortunate because we had to use these drugs because 
people were dying, but the unfortunate side effect was that they were getting disfigured. So I called it the, uh, in the book, I actually called it the scarlet letter of uh, HIV, was that you looked like you had it because of these side effects. Now, the newer drugs, let's just, let's just take you up to now. Okay, so okay. HIV itself does cause some form of lipoatrophy. It's going to happen uh, uh, over time. Uh, that's just on a low level. That, and no, one's, no one would discount that. That's going to happen. Medications now have improved, and, you know, they do cause lipoatrophy as well, but to a lesser degree, not to the degree that we were seeing before with the older protease inhibitors, especially in the older nucleoside analogs. The regimen you mentioned in particular is, is very good, and actually I have many patients on that, and they don't experience that rapid, um, that rapid acceleration of lipoatrophy. So I, I think it is a concern for you, and I would be concerned myself, but I think your regimen is good, and I think you should just take it, and, and that's you know, just an a consequence that you're just going to have to keep an eye on, and I would just not be paranoid. I, I tell everybody this, you know, we look at ourselves more than anybody else. We look at them <laughs> every day. We do. And you right. have to make sure that, you know, if you see subtle changes, then, yeah, maybe you can make a mention of it. But I would just, that it's a good regimen, and lipoatrophy does not, is not accelerated with that regimen in particular. Ah, okay, that's a big relief. I by the way, that. the body.com is a great website. I recommend it highly, uh, you know, especially for all your listeners. There's one of the things that a lot of men do when they become positive or uh, during their life as a positive person is that, you know, you freak out. You start reading stuff on the Internet, and, you know, you read sometimes the wrong thing, and that's bad, and uh, it can be frightening. So I would really, um, I would really want people to really go to websites that are recommended. So ask your doctor... Uh, or you can ask me, I think thebody.com is a great one, hivplus.com uh, is really good, and or even theadvocate.com, they have uh, other websites that are related to HIV, and even Pod Magazine is also a really good resource. But just stick with really good resources and don't just read, you know, anything on the Internet. So what about webmd.com? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I actually yeah. was, was going to ask for that For one. HIV specifically? Right, right. I mean, WebMD is great. I, I think it's really very basic, but I think it's the it's sort of what you're asking. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if sometimes, for the most part, uh, men who are positive for many years who are become quite knowledgeable. I mean, they're even smarter than some doctors I know. You know, you know, there are people that really read and really learn about HIV and what's going on. And so, yeah, WebMD is a very basic. I think. Uh, source it's it's also very good anything that's that's run by I think doctors or a university would be something i would rely on but it be very careful about reading just some internet sources that are not sanctioned by a hospital or a university setting well i had a really another quick question i'm sorry i didn't sure. i don't mean to take up anybody else's time okay. um but <laughs> it's all but, about um, you just, say, just hang on it's just you and me on the phone <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm over here. I'm waving my hand. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there anybody else in the room? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and me. And, and by the way, that if you ask one more question, we're going to have to charge you a copay. So. Oh. 
<laughs> well, I go to Medco now, so my copays are pretty low. <laughs> but my, my other <laughs> my other question was. Um, Actually, I just went to my doctor, and actually, I was just gonna just gonna do another entry on it. So expect to see that Robert pretty soon. Um, <laughs> um, I actually went to my doctor, and he's he's kind of um, every single time I go into the doctor, he he tells me I, he does a blood test on me, and he does a urinalysis every single time. Not every three months, not every six months, but every single time I go to the doctor. So wow. he did a blood test. Yeah, actually, but I think it's pretty good. Actually, I really like that about him. Okay. So it makes me feel like I'm well-informed about my own health. Um, he looked at my cholesterol levels, and they're pretty high. And he says that it's because of the Norvir. Well, what's, can you and give also us a number? Her, what's pretty high? Well, actually, <laughs> the number is actually, yeah. I can't remember. Ballpark. I mean, was it 200, 300s? I think it was around 200, actually. And actually, I can... So, I mean, so what's your question? Are you concerned about... The yeah, I mean, what can I do, around? actually, to kind of um, get those numbers down? Because, um, you know, my my husband actually looked at those numbers, too, and he was like, okay, this is a little... Disturbing. Okay, but so let's not... just do like a little lipid 101. Okay. Actually, I have, um, I have the numbers in front of me. Oh, wow. Yeah, Good actually, one. every single time he does it, he gives you a printout. 322.3. Okay, so that, that total cholesterol is 322. That is high. Oh, I'm sorry. That that's awesome. triglycerides. The, <laughs> the cholesterol is 237.2. Okay, 237.2. All right, so lipids are broken down into fractions. There uh, is a total cholesterol, and then there's the HDL, which is the good cholesterol, and then there's the LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, and then there's also triglycerides, which are more um, complex carbohydrates and sugars, you know, all the really good stuff and, and like that's found in, like, especially alcohol and sweets. So with a normal, healthy individual, you want to keep your cholesterol below 200. That's what's guidelines. Uh, even lower would be great. And you want to keep your HDL up and you want to keep your LDL down. Now with HIV, uh, some of the medications, uh, ritonavir is the example you gave, actually causes an increase in lipids. Rayataz, interestingly, does not, which is, makes it a you know, really good medication. But ritonavir actually increases lipids. Uh, that's just something you're going to have to deal with. So what do you do if you're taking something that's causing your cholesterol to go up? Well, the first thing that you can do is you can really watch your diet. And the ways you watch your diet is to think about what you're eating every day and if it's high in cholesterol. And cholesterol would come from, um, you know, sources like red meat, eggs especially, shellfish, um, also dairy products, cheese, you know, of that nature. And I would try to modify my diet myself and then see if that had any effect on my total cholesterol. If it didn't, there are natural uh, ways of doing it. You can take omega-3 fatty acids, which is uh, fish oils. It's natural. You could buy that over the counter. And there's no effect with your HIV medications and omega-3s. Also, you can take uh, flaxseed oil and uh, red rice yeast. I was trying to, I always think of it as a tongue twister, but, <laughs> yeah, but if you can remember that, red rice yeast and omega-3s work really well on reducing cholesterol. But, I mean, as far as um, numbers go, 
there is a point where sometimes the doctor will have to just accept a certain degree of cholesterol because the medication is working and that's the body's metabolism. And there might be a decision that has to be made about whether or not to add a lipid-lowering drug. So that's hmm. something you'll have to discuss with your doctor. Okay. Interesting. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you answering my Thanks question. Thanks for calling. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Have a good night. That was a great call. Uh, you know, you know people, I just want to throw out the phone number to people real quick. 347-215-9442. Give us a call here at Pause I Am Radio. Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Um, Dr. Frank, you, you yes. actually you, – can we, can we talk honestly? Um, we, you, you, you mentioned something, and I wanted to go back to that a little bit about sure. some of these websites that – are out um, like WebMD and you know Pazian or not Pazian um, AIDS Meds Paz dot com the body. I think the body dot com HIV med, uh, HIV plus is very good. What about because you know I, I always get the question of well I read this on the internet and I think I have X you know I read yeah. you know there's a lot of you know I. I and this is Jeremy's commentary on on the internet. I think the internet is great for great for some things, but it's great for it's really bad for hypochondriacs. Um, <laughs> it's it can be dangerous. Yes. Yeah. It, so, what what's the one suggestion that you that you could relay to the listeners out there about self diagnosing? Well, you shouldn't self diagnose. I mean, the idea of the internet. And these websites is to provide you with information that you should then make a list, note, and then talk to a doctor about you. Because, face it, everybody is individualized. And your HIV and you and how it's affecting you is almost like a fingerprint. It's that individualized for some people. It affects people differently. We still cannot explain why the virus affects John and his T-cells drop immediately, and when it affected Rob, his T-cells stayed the same. We still can't ex explain that. So why would you go to an Internet source, read something generic, and then say, oh, my God, what am I going to do with that information? I'm going to die. You know, you have to take it and then just store it and then go to your doctor. That's why it's so important for you to have a really good relationship with your doctor where you could say, look, I know you're going to kill me, but I read something on WebMD, and, you know, and, then, and then you have that conversation. That's the, that's the way I think these sites mm -hmm. should be used, you know, as a way of, like, looking up stuff and then finding it as a resource and then going back and talking uh, talking it over with your doctor as it pertains to you, because then, it, then it's more important. And I was going to say, I think it's called, I think it's HIVplusmag.com. I think and actually, it is, yeah. I'm actually, I work... Are we there? Yeah, I didn't lose anybody, did I? I think we lost Dr. Frank. No, I still see him sitting here on the line. I don't see how he got disconnected. But just a reminder, people, if you'd like to call in and um, have a chat with us or, or ask Dr. Frank a question, you can call us at 347-215-9442. He should still be there. Dr. Frank, are you there? Let's try this. Did you hit Doc him on mute? Are you there, Dr. Frank? Uh-oh. No, he got disconnected. He just disconnected. Oh, no. Somehow. Call us back. 
<laughs> I'm sure he will. Um, he may have been on a cell phone where he lost uh, signal, which always sometimes happens. But his book, again, for everybody who is interested, is called The Advocate Guide to Gay Men's Health and Wellness, and you can find it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com, or you can actually, if you're on the radio show page, you can click on the book located next to Dr. Frank, and that will take you directly to Amazon.com. Dr. Frank, are you back with us? Yeah, I think I got dropped. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is. We were boring you. No, I was like, they broke up with me. They didn't like me. They just let they me go. Like me. <laughs> they didn't like me. Sorry. One of the questions I had for you, um, doctor, was uh, one of the things that you say is that the patient should always, when they're going to look for a doctor, especially if you're going to look for an HIV doctor, to interview your doctor almost as if you're going on a job interview. What are some questions that a patient or somebody who's newly diagnosed should ask to find the right doctor? Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I'm spoiled. And I don't you guys are, are you guys in, based in New York or? Oh, no. You, no, where are you guys? I'm in so I'm, Carolina. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled. I, I'm in New York City. I mean, it's yeah. like there's a good gay doctor on probably every corner in Chelsea, you know, right. and we forget that. And I really, when I was speaking at the University of Mississippi, I really understood what the difference was when they said to me, you know, there are no gay doctors. We have no way of identifying a gay doctor. So, lo and behold, how do you even interview somebody? So, even if you took the gay doctor thing out of the equation, let's say, what do you do when you get to a doctor? You, I, and I, I think the first step is, number one, you should go, you should find a doctor based on someone's recommendation. A lot of times, people pick doctors because he's in my plan and he's close by, and, and that's too, but I would really rely on a good recommendation. I would ask a friend who might be positive and say, you know, who's your doctor? Are you satisfied with him? Does he answer your questions? Does he spend time with you? Is it like a factory in there when you go in there, or are you just like running through the mill, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's in and out, and he says hi, and then he's gone. You know, that's first and foremost, is get someone who really recommends somebody. Then when you get in and you, and you meet somebody, I would just really try to not be so interrogating, but, you know, what is his experience level How or she? How long have they been in practice maybe might be of interest to you? How many HIV-positive people do they treat? You know, up until a few years ago, there was really no clear-cut definition of what an HIV specialist was. I mean, I don't think there still is. It basically is you know, it was something that just came out of the fact that men were becoming positive and doctors were taking care of them. And now it's like, I think you have to have at least 50 patients to be considered an HIV doctor. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure your doctor is not treating one or two. You mm-hmm. want to make sure he's treating several because he, then he'll have much more or she will have much more experience. So it's experience and plus uh, how much experience he has with different patients and the variety. So that I think is... And then just going by you know, um, just going by your gut, how comfortable you feel during that initial couple of uh, meetings. I think it's kind of uh, interesting. I locked out my doctor, um, my go-to Jonathan Lack Center. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Philadelphia Fight um, in Philly. And um, my doctor is Dr. Joe Anderson. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I I locked out, he's like perfect for me because he just can relate to me on all, you know, different levels and and he sees so many people, and just when I go there, I feel like I'm, I'm like, visiting, like, family because they're so, like, oh, hi, Robert, how are you? Come on well, back. Well, that's the best, that's the best, you know, compliment you can give a doctor's office. Like, you feel like you're going to visit your family, you know? Right. 
and that's great. And, you know, Philly is a great town, and it has a really great gay, uh, you know, vibe to it. So there's like a, you know, you have your own little section. It's great. So I, I could imagine that you'd have like a lot of really good gay HIV providers. Hmm. I'm down here in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> Love. Love Charlotte. I have family in Alabama, so I'm, a, I'm not Southern, but I'm Southern by, I guess, related by marriage. Yeah, I've, I've been southern by injection a couple of times. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Good for you. God. Oh, woohoo. Um, but no, I, I actually am from originally from Los Angeles, the Hollywood area, Seattle, Denver, Colorado, and made my way out here. Um, I keep get going to a smaller city further and further east. Who knows? I'll be in Bermuda in five years. Um, and but somehow, somehow we lost the doctor again. Did we really? Yeah, somehow he just switched off my switchboard. And what are you doing over there? I'm not even touching the computer. It's something that he must be doing. <laughs> Very interesting. So go check out his website because he has a really, yeah. really cool website if you haven't seen it. It's frankspinellimd.com. And um, it's very cool. The intro to the site is uh, superb. Are you there, doctor? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening. I haven't moved. That 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 red button is called the end button. Don't touch it. <laughs> oh, I've not done that. I swear. <laughs> it's all of a sudden it's like I'm like hello, hello. <laughs> no, you were saying you were you're you're from Charlotte, but the uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, via Los Angeles, and um, I lucked out because I actually have a gay doctor who is in. He's an infectious disease specialist. Perfect. He's got a huge, you know, he's got a, not a, well, he, yeah, he's got an extensive, that, yeah, he's oh, got okay. a huge lot. Um, <laughs> and no. Uh, me. <laughs> um, talking about medicine now. Yes, we're talking about medicine. His, he's got an extensive background. Um, <laughs> good. Very good. Um, there we go. There we go. Got it. Got it out right. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not a newbie around HIV medicine and I'm not, you know, so I, I've been around the, you know, been around the block a couple of times. So, right. you know, so you know, yeah. So you're up to speed when he tries to talk to you about different things, which is great. Right. Which is what you would hope from any patient. I, I, I find one of the biggest problems um, that I face is that patients don't embrace their disease state readily. Right. And that's understandable. That is completely understandable. But after years, you have to become educated. You can't just rely on your doctor to tell you what to do. You have to learn stuff. And you have to learn the basics. Exactly. You do. And, and you know, we, we've been, I think, through this whole conversation, we've been alluding to it. We just haven't outright said it, but is that I, I think that every patient Every person has to be in charge of their own health care. You know, it, it, it's not fair. To, I, to me, it's not fair just to leave it up to my doctor because... Well, I, I think it would be, you know, you know I, I think about all the emphasis people place on getting their hair done and, you know, buying shoes or something. And I, and I think about what people really think, uh, how much emphasis they place on putting on, doing certain things. And I think that's the kind of attention you need to pay with your health. Yeah. Absolutely. That's especially nowadays with the economy and the way healthcare is. And if you have a chronic disease, which is what HIV is now, you have to have insurance. 
And you have yep. to maintain that insurance because you do not want to lose your insurance because you have a pre-existing condition. Right. And insurance companies will drop you for that. And like, uh-huh. it's very important that that HIV-positive people understand this. And that's why you have to stay savvy. And, you know, and, and it's great that you guys do this because they bring attention to that. Absolutely. I, I think we have a caller. Yeah, Another we do. Caller. Let's bring this yeah. person on, area code 212. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Jeremy and Robert and Dr. Spinelli. This is Scott from New York. Hey, hey Scott. Um, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Spinelli, thank you so much for, um, you know, for talking tonight and being on the show. And um, like Jeremy, um, my doctor that I've been with for 15 years is an uh, infectious disease specialist, and he's seen me through... Um, AIDS diagnosis being in the hospital um, in 1995 with um, pneumonia and then MAC and, and all that stuff, and I've been fine since, um, and on a bunch of different medications. Um, a year and a half ago, maybe, um, I decided that um, I had a little bit of facial wasting, enough that I wanted to do the Sculptra injections. Yes. And um, so I, I had them done. And it was not fun, um, but but it, it seemed oh. to work, um, and it, it really it it did um, exactly what I wanted it to do. I didn't look too puffed up. I didn't look like I had anything done, and it That's was great. great. Um, and the doctor that I went to um, was a very prominent doctor that does that in New York, and he unfortunately passed away. Yes, um, I know who that is. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I I you know Juan. Did you remember Juan? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Juan works with me now. We do that. Oh, terrific. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, so go ahead. Ask your question. I'll, oh, well, I'll, I, I, I'll just, <laughs> I was wondering um, if you could maybe tell the audience a little bit about Sculptra and about um, that special payment plan um, that I know at least was in yeah, I, when I did it, if it still is and stuff like that, what it's all about. I would about. love to talk about this because it's something that is really uh, important to me and I don't. I don't advertise for it, but I think it's great. Sculpture is a product that's produced uh, that works on is an injectable for uh, as a facial filler to help men with lipoatrophy who have facial wasting. And I think it works really well. And I uh, years ago I was a surgical resident and I have a lot you know I had surgical training and I really trained to use this product. And I've been doing it now for ten years, treating men with facial wasting and. I think what I really love about drug companies sometimes is when they do something really good. Mm-hmm. And this pharmaceutical company, I, th- I think it's Advantage, I'm sorry if I'm messing it up, they have an assistance program. And they feel that if you don't make a certain amount of money, they will give you free product and all you have to do is, you know, there's a discount and you can really get this procedure done and you don't have to look like you're sick. And I think that's really important because we call this procedure cosmetic, but it's not cosmetic. It's giving somebody back their face to what it looked like, not not enhancing it or making it beautiful. Cosmetic surgery to me means like, you know, you're fixing, you know, I want my eyes lifted or I'm getting a facelift. Right, this yeah. to me is really important. So we, in my practice, we have now adopted this this uh, payment plan, and we do sculpture specifically for patients who have problems with money and unfortunately do this on their own, and we really work with them as an assistance program. So it, it's great. And 
the procedure is done in the office. Uh, it's it takes maybe you know the whole from time you get into out is maybe a half an hour, and the effects are really long lasting. It's sometimes up to two years, and it's really done amazing things for people. And and we I was talking at lunch today with a friend of mine who's a doctor, and he's like, "Are you sick of medicine yet?" Because we're both went to residency together. Are you sick of examining people? Yeah, you know we were doing the doctors bitching at brunch. I was like, I was like, you know what? Every once in a while you have a patient and you just, it makes it all worthwhile. And I have to tell you, when you can show somebody a mirror and they can look at it and they can just forget that they're HIV positive and they can see their face again, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do this for the rest of my life if I, if I'm able. That, it's just, it's an amazing experience and I am so fortunate that this company does that. And if anybody has any inkling listening, just go to Sculptra.com it's spelled like S-C, uh, you know, Sculptra is like Sculpt with Tra at the end. and Or you can actually go to my website, and I write about it in the, in the uh, bio area, and there's a link to it. Terrific. So, Thank you so much for talking about that, because it was, it was really a, a big thing for me, and I'm glad that I was able to get it done. And oh, I'm so happy for you. you uh, <laughs> when I have to get a little oh, bit of a... Yeah, no, definitely. Juan will remember you, I'm sure. Great. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye. So with Sculptra, um, does are there side effects? Well, of course, there's side effects. There's side effects to everything, right? There's side effects to baby aspirin for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, um, well, yeah, there's, there's side effects to everything. It's a, it's a procedure. I mean, I don't want to yeah. belittle it. I mean, we, mm-hmm. you actually inject it into your face. We do a numbing process where we mm-hmm. do a nerve block so you're comfortable. Um, there could be swelling. There could be some black and blues. Uh the, the good and the bad is that the good is that it's not permanent. So if you're not 100% happy with it, you know it's going to go away. Okay. The other bad thing is that if it's not done right, you can get what's like uh, like it would feel like little bumps or pearls under your skin. Okay, that that was going to be my next question. Is it does it um, because I've I've heard some because I've I've seen some good and some bad and the, more more good than bad. Um, right. And the one guy who had it done, and he wasn't happy with it. And I, personally, I think it was the doctor who was doing it. I, I, well, it's definitely doctor specific. That's why <laughs> yeah. I. That's when you talk about interviewing a doctor. That's somebody yeah. you want to know how long they've been doing sculpture. Right. I mean, when patients come in, I say we've been doing this for ten years. You know, I've been doing it since the beginning, and mm-hmm. that's what you want to know because right. you don't want somebody that just started doing this yesterday. I mean, <laughs> or, or does it once a year. This is a mm-hmm. procedure. It's it's to be taken seriously. Anytime you're going to get an injection, it could also cause infection. It's it's rare, but you have to consider that all these things might happen to you. Very little allergy to this medication. I've never heard of anybody having an allergic reaction. But uh, once again, uh, it's not a magic pill. It doesn't just right. happen overnight where you get one injection and it's over. Sometimes it takes several treatments, and it depends on the level of lipoatrophy in the case. And is it similar to collagen, or is it similar, more similar? Well, it's to made out of it's, it's a hyaluronic acid. It's not silicone. It's mm-hmm. a, it, I, I sort of uh, tell people it's the it would be the uh, equivalent of what is made by the bone, but it's you know it's synthetic, so it's not it's not natural. Okay. And it will dissipate over time, but what mm-hmm. what's great about it is, is that once you've injected it, 
um, the swelling goes down in like a few days. Then in two to four weeks, your body actually starts making collagen with this material. It sort of like weaves its way with it, and you actually start to look even better after four to six weeks. Oh, that's wow. great. That's great. I mean, it's really amazing. You can go to their website and you mm-hmm. just see people's faces transform. It's beautiful. That's that's terrific. I, I actually have a friend, um, and he is actually going through some of the. He's he's actually getting sculptor specific, and he's having that done. And I think he's going in for his fifth treatment. That's he's, great. He's had. Uh, um, he's been positive for um, since 1980. Since the '80s, he was, I was like five. Um, I was in but, high school, so watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in 1980, I was five. I'll be 35 in March. Um, you don't want to know how old I was. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't in high school in 1980. <laughs> yeah, 1980. I was five years old. Yes. But you know what? That isn't that great. I mean, here we talk about drug companies being the enemy, and we have a drug company who now is, like, offering back assistance programs to people who are HIV positive. That is gay-specific. They want gay men to get their faces back, and I think that's so great. I mean, that's why I really – I don't say a lot of brand names, but I would say their name because I think they're great. I think they do a great job of promoting it, and I mm-hmm. really recommend them. And, you know, we have patients that fly in for their treatments because it's just something that transforms them, and it really is important, especially when you feel like you have, you know, that we talk about something we didn't talk about tonight is something called HIV fatigue, pill fatigue. You just yeah. get tired. Yeah. You're like, yeah. damn it, I'm over it. You know, and, and a lot of yeah. patients just say, I just want to stop. And I want to stop taking my medication. And I want to look in the mirror and look like I got HIV. And I don't want to tell somebody when I go on a date. And sometimes when you hear about a drug company that's doing something great like that, you think, okay, great. Somebody's on our side finally. Right. 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 You know, Dr. Yeah. Frank, I had um, a few people email me because I put it up that you were going to be on the show and email me questions that they may have had. Sure. And the two popular subjects that came up was one was, you know, about the, the vaccine that came out of Sweden and how how close are we really to finally getting a vaccine? Uh, the and vaccine news is really interesting because I think it was just a year ago Merck, uh, the pharmaceutical company, stopped their vaccine trial, which was very discouraging. And then just recently there was a vaccine trial in Thailand that published their results, which used two vaccines at two different sites, and they said they had really good results. I mean, I think it was 30% and... Uh, 31% efficacy, right? 31%, right. Yep. And I think that was very promising. I mean, that shocked me because, mm-hmm. you know, when we, did, when we talk about HIV, I said before, it's like a fingerprint. Well, there are different subtypes. There are different what they call clades. And you'd have to find a vaccine that worked for one and then would it work for all of them? It was very tricky. So they, this vaccine trial in Thailand is looking at using a vaccine for two different sites in the HIV replication cycle. And what I think makes it unique is that they did have this success. Um, is it a light at the end of the tunnel? Um, no, but I, I do think, yeah, we, we're on the verge of something really big, and I think we'd have to wait. And I don't know if it's going to take five years or ten, but mm-hmm. I, I think this was something that was inspiring, and it made me think, wow, this is great that we've actually, you know, 
come across something. But no, I don't think a vaccine is like, it's not going to be like the swine flu vaccine where we had a year later. Right. That actually leads me into the next question, which was a lot of people are wondering, you know, should they get this, the, the, the H1N1 vaccine um, now, you know, because they're HIV positive and they're not sure how safe it is. So they, they've been asking me a lot of questions about that. How I think, I think HIV positive men should get all their vaccines. They should have an pneumonia vaccine. They should have their flu vaccine every year and they should get their hepatitis series, A and B. And, you know, if your doctor is offering you the H1N1, you should get it. I think I had H1N1 earlier this year. <laughs> I, I really did. I got, I got so sick, and they diagnosed me as the flu, but this was before H1N1 hit. Really? Did they actually yeah. culture you and you came back with influenza positive? Yes. And they wow, what did you bite of? Yeah, I, oh, man. And, it was t- and so I was on Tamiflu, and I was down for a week. It's not, yeah, getting the flu is not fun regardless of HIV status. If you get it, you don't, uh, you have to think of one thing. Your your T cells are precious and you don't want to lose them. That's why when men say I do crystal, I say you don't want to lose your T cells. You know, don't do anything that could have you possibly knock down those T cells and and a bout with the flu or a raging herpes infection or some other viral infection will do just that. So it's important to really take care of yourself. And if this vaccine is available, like they said it's going to be this month, I would really talk to your doctor about getting online and getting one. Yeah, the H1N1 vaccine. Yes, and yeah. both, actually. Yeah. Both. Yeah, I, I'm actually getting a free flu shot this next week. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I get mine every year, you know. Well, and, good. A lot of know. people don't. A lot of people don't believe in vaccines, and I think it's, crazy talk because, you know, before we eradicated certain diseases, these diseases killed people. Uh, You know, I think it's 10% of people who get the flu die. Yeah. And that's a a big number. Yes, that's that's actually huge. And and if we, and and of course, I I, myself, I'm, I'm, I get, I'm torn with the whole H1N1 thing. Because it's it's been so mild, you know. Well, it is. I mean, it is a flu. I mean, and yes, did they push the vaccine through quickly? Yes. I'm, you know, what does that mean? Uh, well, I, I'm I'm really trusting the people who made it, and I'm really trusting the government. But I I think it would be a real detriment if someone got the flu, uh, particularly if we could have avoided it with a vaccine. And, and and I agree with all. I agree with what you just said. It's just I wish they would put that kind of emphasis on HIV. Oh, amen. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, 10 people get H1N1 and 10 million people are dying with, you know. Well, you know what? So you know, and you know what? You guys are doing your part. You really are. And I think, you know, if we were really who we were in the 80s, well, in the 80s, this would be a totally different conversation. We we, we would be talking about staying alive. And now right. oh, I'm right. telling patients, you know, well, okay, we've got to make sure you live a healthy till your 70s, you know, 80s, whatever. So it's different. But I think, you know, a vaccine with HIV, if they uncover a vaccine for HIV, it will uncover clues on how to cure it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm I I am with you a hundred percent on this one. Thank um, 
<laughs> you know, when, do you have an opening later this week? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to well, fly up to New York. Now, actually, my doctor is great. He's, he's a no, good you have a great doctor. Yeah, Dr. Fred Kirkshank, props to you. Okay, there you go. Nobody's yeah, trying to steal it. patients from you. We love you. That's right. That's right, Fred. We love you. You can just always visit like me on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, okay, my doctor reminds me. He's a gay George Costanza. Oh, that must be hysterical. I would love to see it's, him. He would be it's, fun. It is absolutely hysterical, and he's so very funny. Oh, and that's great. I just, I love him to death. I, I, well, you I can always him. go to my website, and you could always, like, uh, go to askthedoctor at theadvocate.com, and, like, we could stay in touch. Yay. <laughs> and that is, how, how how old is that web series that you have over there? Well, we just started it, so it's That's the, what I thought. It's just brand new. We're really excited. It, it got launched October 1st, and if you go to theadvocate.com, you will see, like, in the corner, you'll see my face. It's like the coolest, well, for me, it was like the coolest thing ever, and, you know, uh, we, we worked really hard on it because, you know, you guys, it's, HIV is a very tricky topic to talk with people because there are people who are very easily offended and people are really touchy, and I wanted it to be basic, but I didn't want it to be dumbed down, and we wanted to talk about really relevant and pertinent issues. And so I'm hoping that this first bit of the series, the first five installments, will just open the doors for really uh, a deeper conversation about other issues. I got some really interesting emails from people who said, you know, there's a real big discrepancy about being 50 and HIV positive as it is about being 28 and HIV positive. And I thought, you know what, you're absolutely right. And what an interesting topic that would be. So I'm right. hoping we can move forward with this. So, I, you know, I really would appreciate it if anybody goes to the online sites and they comment and they really contact the advocate and tell them what they think, what you know, how we could change it or make it better or what they liked. And they can all find that at the – is it – Advocate.com. Yeah, advocate.com, and you just—it's in the upper. You'll just see the ask the doctor button. You can just press on link on right to the link. <laughs> well, or you can go to my website. Thank you for. Are you actually waiting before before because we got about a minute left? Real quick, do you have another book coming out? I heard somewhere. Actually, I do. Yes, uh, my partner is a naturopath. He is more natural science. And we are working on a, um, a book on natural health for gay men, and that will include, uh, you know, what I just talked about before with uh, red rice yeast and uh, omega-3. And it's going to explore, like, alternatives to just taking medication as opposed to not. So, yeah, look for that, that in a year. That will probably be out in a year from now. Oh, good. I'll be, and then uh, you'll have me back I'll on, and then we'll talk that's about right. that. Yes, you never know where we might be in a year from now. Gosh, right? you never know. <laughs> Just never know. We could be on TV, you know. <laughs> oh, wow, imagine that. Yeah, I could be on your show. We could all be sitting around on a couch. That's there you right. go. We could, be the, we could be Mine the Mine will have Bailey's in it because I want to be like Diane Sawyer and be drunk on the air. Oh, wait. Did I just mention? Oh, so sorry. Sorry, that Diane. Love fun. you. She drinks. But, hey, yeah. anyway. Well, thank you, well, Spinelli. Thank you so much for sitting in with us and, um, you know, giving us some insight on stuff. We really needed to uh, to hear that. Thank you so much for having me, you guys, and good luck to you and your show. Thank you, thank Dr. You. Spinelli. We Have really, really do appreciate you. Good night. Good night. Remember, everybody, you can visit Dr. Spinelli at frankspinellimd.com. Check out his book, 
Um, you can purchase it on Amazon or on Barnes & Noble. The book is called The Advocate Guide to Gay Men's Health and Wellness. And you can remember, you can join us all next Sunday when we'll be welcoming Jack McEnroth to our friendly little Sunday night show. Are you excited about that? I, you know what? I'm, I am excited about it because we're actually going to have a coffee clutch. <laughs> <laughs> and just remember... You guys can find more information on me and the radio show at POSIM.com. Jeremy has uh, his website and blog at PositivelySpeaking.com. Um, our guest, Frank Spinelli, thank you so much. Have a great night. Jeremy, I'll have see you a next great week. night. Yes, have a great night and a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>